luckily after yeah. last week and many other weeks mm-hmm. yeah it seems like ever since we kind of cut uh the majority of wwe programming out of our lives we've actually been watching more wrestling <laughs> i think it's just that july and august are very very busy for new japan mm-hmm. but then everything yeah. else kind of normalizes yeah i mean once we get through the g1 it's going to be uh, I mean, I guess it'll go, we'll have like a couple weeks, uh, because it'll, it'll pretty much be, yeah, it's almost two weeks in between the G1 final and all out. Um, but then September, uh, not entirely sure what's going to happen the month of September. <laughs> <laughs> I will be subscribed to the high spots wrestling network. High spots. Like I said, that'd be a perfect time for, for uh, PWG to experiment with uh, live streaming um, Bola, but oh well. I guess we could break down Twitter results. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, yeah. Or see if we can splice together complete matches from uh, like cell phone footage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how hard up we get. Might even break down and start watching... Uh, the uh, those boys up north. Oh, we can start what we can still watch NXT on Hulu. That's true. So we kicked off with the A block on Saturday. That was night nine, ten. I believe it was night nine, the twenty seventh. So mm-hmm. we're starting at Aichi. Is that ah, correct? You have the locations at the uh, Aichi Prefectural. Tural Gymnasium. I'll take your word for it. Uh, that's just what it says in here. Um, we had a really good A block. Mm-hmm. I I very much actually enjoyed. Um, yeah, pretty much all of this. This was a great card. I mean, uh, they had a really well built uh, weekend. I thought um, not necessarily due to uh, I mean this I think this uh, this day was a bit better top to bottom than 
the B block the next day. But as far as like uh, how the tournament had built to this point on this weekend, culminating in uh, your two block leaders um, facing off at the end of each day. Um, I don't know. That was, uh, it was pretty cool. I thought, um, but certainly like top to bottom, there was a, uh, um, well-built card for the, the a blockers here. A uh, good mixture of styles and matches. Yeah. You know who I really enjoyed like, uh, watching this weekend. Who's that? Kota Ibushi. Big weekend for Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a couple. Uh, I mean, he's been pretty solid this whole time. He, he's been pretty solid his entire career. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, watching this many matches from him, like right. in a short of amount of time, I guess. is. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a tip of the hat to Shinsuke Nakamura that I... That I caught. Yeah, he's uh, somewhere um, in the last couple days. He's started mixing in the uh, the signature like Nakamura corner taunts right before he hits a uh, a knee strike. Um, so yeah, I know those two are pretty chummy. Um, well, it looked like a Kinsasha the uh, the other night mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I, I didn't have the volume on, but I saw it on the commentary said. But well, they would have called it the Bomaye, which was the the old moniker for the move. Ah. Yeah, it got changed to Kinshasa because in uh, whatever language that is, um, it means kill. Bomaye does. It comes from um, the what was it the. I think it was Ali and Foreman. They fought in like Africa somewhere and all the fans were chanting Ali Bomaye, which is like, like kill him Ali. Like they wanted to see Ali like pummel his opponent. Uh. Um, and so when Nakamura came to the WWE, they didn't want that. So Kinshasa is actually the city where they fought in. It's the capital okay. of whatever country that is. So there's your, your fun fact. Yay, geography. Yeah, but that was, yeah, that was, uh, I don't know if you use the term slight, but it was certainly a tip of the, the cap. Definitely so, with um, the uh, the crowd and everything. It actually kind of makes me, like, sad that the, uh, amongst whatever else hasn't, has or hasn't caught on with Nakamura, the, like, yow chant when he uh, would, you know, when he would do the, the taunt right before the uh, the move. I, li- I think I like watching Ibushi wrestle guys who are like bigger than him too. Yeah. Although he never really looks like um, like weakened and his moves aren't. He's not getting like cheap roll up wins either. Mm-hmm. He's just kneeing the crap out of people and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If he can get his knees on you, you're uh, it's not going to be a good night. And he's uh, kind of quietly putting together a uh, a run here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just he's got to figure out a way to catch Okada. Yeah, which I don't know that anybody's going to do. Right. I guess we'll, we'll update the standings once we cover every day here. Yeah. 
Um, so how'd you like uh, Abushi and Lance Archer? Oh, it was it was good. Um, I mean, talking about guys putting together like quietly good runs, um, kind of the the unsung hero slash breakout star at the same time. Oddly enough, of this whole thing has been Lance Archer. Yeah, he's taken he a just, lot of losses though, and I'm not a I'm not liking that mm-hmm. after his start. Right. I mean, I guess not that you couldn't find a way to have both, but. Uh, would you rather have wins or like matches that people are talking about and losses? I, 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 I guess there's like value in both. Um, he certainly maybe could have been having like wins to go along with these, but um, I don't know. It's I, I feel like the G1 is kind of like it's it's all kind of it's canon, but it's not right. Like it's it, it seems like it unless they have like a really heavy storyline with somebody, it usually the only thing that like sticks around for anybody is the guy who wins. Uh, and then it's almost as if none of this really happened. Yeah. Until the next, until the next G one. And then they'll start referencing everything that's happened in past G ones. Yeah. I guess I didn't like him losing to, um, like Tanahashi. Right. That one, I really didn't understand. Um, Ibushi's okay, but I think he could have beaten Ibushi. I think they might. We'll see. I think that they have. I think they have plans and aspirations for Ibushi, so that one doesn't really bother me. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's fine. Like I said, it's fine, but I think Ibushi could have taken the loss and been okay with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, who am I to decide? I guess we'll see. Trust the system, right? Mm-hmm. Unless it's WWE. Correct. Um, how about Will Ospreay and Bad Luck Follet? How um, you, specifically the ending? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Uh, especially because like they showed with uh, the next A Block night. Um, how you can like I don't know like Osprey can do enough thing like the uh, the os cutter requires no lifting any of his top rope moves would have required no lifting like I don't know like there's they have all the they they have uh, Jetto and uh, Chase Owens out there like you could have had ref distracted. Uh, one of them goes for a kendo stick shot, but Osprey ducks and uh, Fale gets clobbered or something like that. And then Osprey hits one of his moves. And if you like felt the need to protect Fale, which at times it feels like they make an effort to, and then other times they're just like, nah, he can just lose, <laughs> which is fine because at the end of the day, like the big guy is there to like kind of put over. The, the his opponents but it's just weird when it's like um he needs to be protected so much in matches like this or um against Zack Sabre Jr. where he didn't even really like you know matches like this where he doesn't take the loss you know really it's more a, D, a DQ or a count out or something um but then you know he just straight up gets like clobbered by Ibushi and loses in a more conventional way I don't know. It seems like they, I don't know. 
there could have been more consistency with the Fale character. He could he could go, you know, over for this whole tournament. I'm not saying he needs to win even at all, but just if if he's going to be taking protected losses like uh, that that being said, I guess you can't have him like getting DQ'd and counted out every single match cuz I think that's what happened to him last year. He either won or right. Whatever. But yeah, just weird considering I, th- I think part of the problem was the proximity of the Obushi match and the Osprey match. Cause yeah. those guys are somewhat similar styled. And so you had like there's no reason that Osprey match couldn't have been carried out in a way similar to the Ibushi match. Yeah, I agree. Uh the highlight was definitely like red shoes in yeah. this match. Did I did I miss C or did he like flip the double birds? Oh uh, yeah, Red Shoes will he <laughs> he's a guy to watch because there are times when he is just fine, you know, like blending into the background as like you know like ambient noise to the match, mm-hmm. and then there's other times where like he has like impeccable timing because you don't really want your referees to ham it up. Usually, if you notice the refs, it's not a good thing. But between this spot and then the spot he had in Dallas on night one where um, Okada kept hitting uh, Tanahashi with, you know, big moves and uh, he would go for the like Jericho-esque like foot on the chest cover mm-hmm. and Red, Red Shoes wouldn't count him. He said, you got to lay across him. You got to lay across him. And then Okada like turns his back on him and he does the Rainmaker pose. Mm-hmm. Um that was a good spot, yeah. But now Red Shoes is he's great. Um I found and my... hopefully Hopefully some of that uh charisma and uh showmanship is uh hereditary and uh um Shoda gets uh has some of that. Good old shooter. Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> this old panty dropper here. <laughs> did you see that press conference? I did. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back and watch all of them, but yeah, I, I yeah. liked uh, I liked the Mox press conference. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's been some fun. See, this might be might be what I do in September is I go back and watch all the G1 cards, but instead of watching the G1 matches, I just watch all the tag matches because mm-hmm. apparently there's some fun stuff. Apparently, uh, Mox bought a DVD off of Yanu mid match. Did you see that or hear about that? No. <laughs> no, I've been meaning to I cuz every single one of the tag matches that I've watched I've enjoyed. Well, they're all they're all good. It's more it's like a, it's a quantity not quality thing. It's right. not I'm not skipping them because they're not good. It's I just I you know, I have all these other matches to watch and these ones have repercussions in the the tournament that we're following here, so I think that that might actually not be a bad September holdover strategy in that to like get us from all out to um, the start of uh, Wednesday night. Is it even called Wednesday night dynamite? I think so. (laughs) Or is that just what the internet made up? Or dynamite Wednesday night. Right. One of the two. AEW announced it, I think. Because yeah. they've yeah. officially like come out and like had the conference for it or whatever. 
Yeah, I know they had they picked the the time slot and the venue, and they're starting to put together a card, um, which looks pretty good. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the matches they've put together. Yeah, I saw that like uh, Jericho and Mystery opponents. Jericho and Mystery opponents having a match against uh, the Elite. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't looked too much into anything else. I just happened to see that like tonight. Yeah, so that's the 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 big news that's uh, come out as far as the card, at least up to this point. But they also added um, Cody versus Sammy Guevara to the card. Okay, so should be a. Solid TV match. Um, obviously, the the Jericho match, Jericho versus the Elite. Um, the like mystery partners, you know, speculation abound. Uh, I think the name I'm hearing the most is LAX, but we'll see. Um, I, I guess I would get the the link to the the Bucks as like a potential opponent, but not to Jericho. I think this is going to be somewhat logical to Jericho so I don't really know what that would be um, another common not a specific you know uh, guess to who his partners are but just kind of more a theme and that is somebody from like kind of an older generation not necessarily attitude era but just you know like an an older team I don't know who that would be who's really out there um, but it's it is seeming as though, um, and I think this company is savvy enough that it won't just be somebody who's on the roster. What about like the Lucha Brothers? Yeah, I mean, I think if it was them, they would just advertise it. Or the whatever the hell, Super Smash Brothers. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the problem is they're trying to sell tickets and build intrigue, not... uh, tell people hey you can skip our first main event <laughs> well if jericho can't get him over nobody can right um uh, so yeah we'll see <laughs> i mean they well, got billy we got they got billy gunn maybe they can get uh <laughs> get some other attitude era guy don't they have sean no. waltman too do they oh well, there you go it could be like a dx reunion but not ever a pairing of guys who tagged <laughs> Ooh, he could bring in Malenko. Ah. And his brother. Yeah. <laughs> For us. <laughs> uh, that's sad because apparently like Malenko's like a really funny guy. Mm-hmm. Like everybody says he's a really funny guy and it mm-hmm. just doesn't translate to his wrestling career. Right. I mean, if it's going to be Jericho, guys, it could be Malenko and Chavo. Yeah, I think Chavo works. Chavo does a lot in Hollywood now. He does, he does a lot of yeah. like choreography and stuff. Good for him. Um, I mean, they do sort of have a link to Chavo, not just with Jericho and whoever else he knows, but um, Kong also um, worked with Chavo on both seasons of the Netflix series Glow. Yeah. That's been one of Chavo's biggest credits. And What if it's uh, Randy Orton? Ah uh, man, Orton would be. <laughs> Orton could be both of the partners. It'd be fine. 
Uh, Randy Orton and the Big Show. Yeah, speaking of Netflix series. <laughs> well, if you heard that news. No, I don't have Netflix anymore. Uh, Netflix is picking up um, the Big Show show. No. Uh, Netflix original sitcom. No, thank you. So that sounds all kinds of bad, but... <laughs> The only if thing it, I'm going to get Netflix back for is the Hulk Hogan biopic, if and when that actually comes oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the more I listen to Hulk Hogan talk, the less I like him. Oh, did you listen to the Austin podcast? I did. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about it, but he kind of sounds like he's full of shit well yeah like 90 percent of what he says it just sounds like man generally just can't give anybody else any credit for anything right can you? yeah no i got no time in the world for a, a hogan interview he especially invented the electric car did you know that yeah. oh boy he didn't actually claim that it just oh. sounds like something he would have said yeah. Like when he came up with the idea for uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan when he was still in the WWE, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't like a Bischoff idea. Mm-hmm. Although, like between those two, it's kind of hard to right. It's like, oh well, I want to yeah. listen to an argument between Bischoff and Hogan. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think Stone Cold's a good interview, and he's. Uh, he had developed this reputation as being a guy who wouldn't shy away necessarily from the uncomfortable questions, but it kind of sounded like him and Hogan just kind of palled around. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what it was. I also think that he has like a lot of respect for Hogan. Yeah. So you don't really want to like, I don't know. He's Hulk Hogan. Like regardless Mm -hmm. of like how much of a shit eater he is, it's kind Mm -hmm. of just like, I mean, there's a difference in like sitting across from a guy and saying like, all right, cut the bullshit. You're full of it. Like, let's hear the truth. And there being how he kind of approached the Triple H and Vince McMahon podcast, which were on the actual WWE network. And he 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 didn't like sugarcoat anything, but it, it, it was it was very like respectful and professional. But he still like asked the questions, you know, Well, he's um, also not on the WWE network anymore. Well, right. <laughs> but that it was because of like how kind of lousy his the interviews had been. Those were the first two. Right. Yeah. Um, but it not being on the WWE network would have been I think more like of an excuse to like you know, cuz it's like uh, you know, I don't have to I don't have to like play nice necessarily with the company ambassador because i'm not on their network i'm waiting for the moxley interview that's what i'm waiting for yeah <laughs> come back and it be moxley that's gonna be a fun one mm-hmm. um is that happening or are you just speculating no i just happen? want it to really bad gotcha but anyway um we were talking about will osprey and bad luck fall Mm. And yeah. now we can talk about uh, Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. 
And I will say, and not based by any means off of this match, Zack Sabre Jr. is my favorite competitor in New Japan overall. Yeah, I mean, I think he's had a good run. I rather enjoyed the match I just watched earlier, the mm-hmm. the British off oh, yeah. um, from the next the next night. But no, he's just so different. Because he looks like a regular guy. And he's anybody a cocky else. little shit. Uh-huh. No, or, he's great. He's the kind of guy who should never be a uh, face. <laughs> I don't think he could be. Because it just it wouldn't work. Mm-mm. No, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. WWE like really missed out on something. I know he wasn't mm-hmm. going there regardless. Right. But I mean, since you brought it up, uh, I definitely had the thought of watching him and like Abushi throughout this thing. Just how surreal that cruiserweight classic was. That mm-hmm. in a WWE ring you had Kota Abushi and Zack Saber Jr. Yep. And it wasn't just like one-offs, so that they could like say that they appeared. And they like they each made it pretty far. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, a, I think they each have three matches in the books. Mm-hmm. Bushi might have even done an NXT episode. I think he was, like, yeah, he was just one of those guys who'd come in and do a match every mm-hmm. so often, or mm-hmm. kind of like a blue pants. Yeah. James Storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, James yeah. Storm was supposed to sign a contract, and then he decided yeah, not to. Yeah, he used his NXT appearance to leverage a Impact deal. He's kind of a shithead. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could have made Bobby Roode interesting. Yeah. But no, we couldn't have beer money. Nope. Yeah, well, they wouldn't. Stupider. They would have rebranded it anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Yes, Zack Sabre Jr., everything he does is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He loses, it's fantastic. He wins, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He goes after the crowd, even though 90% of the time they can't understand what he's saying, but they know yeah. he's saying something negative. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Yeah. He carries around that British belt. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> he's he's fantastic. That's he's great. Really all yeah. I can say. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. What else did we have that night? We had Hiroshi, Ta- Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Sonata, mm-hmm. and I just don't care about Tanahashi in this tournament. Yeah. So the Tanahashi thing is is weird. Um. Just because uh, there's, I think, supposed to be some like not as much as last year when he won the thing, but. I think all of your Tanahashi appearances now are supposed to be like somewhat tied and rooted in uh, nostalgia. And uh, if you just don't have it, then he's just kind of like an aging performer. Mm-hmm. It'd be maybe the equivalent of, uh, I'm trying to think of like a WWE guy who's like getting old. Triple H. Age. Yeah, I guess, yeah, Triple H. So it'd be like if you had never watched WWE um, and then just like kind of tuned in around like WrestleMania season and saw like Triple H being used prominently, it'd be like, why is he a main character? (laughs) He's like old and kind of boring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
But it's like, nah, but he's like accomplished all this stuff. Yeah, but that was like then. Although he did just, you know, win the title and mm-hmm. from Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I I get it. I just I mean and Triple you know, H I, had a had a reign within the last five years. Last three years. Five years. When was that? Was it fifteen or sixteen? I have no idea. I just started regularly watching. It was sixteen. It was twenty sixteen. Triple H was the champion. Yep. Yep. Because three years ago. Yeah. That was the worst no, it wasn't even the worst WrestleMania that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. In hindsight. <laughs> Ugh. Um and to close out that night, we had Okada versus Kenta. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good match. I thought it was a, it was a really good match, and it felt like uh, a big like spectacle fight. How'd you feel about the outcome? <sighs> um, I mean, I kind of feel like Okada just shouldn't have been in the G one because then you kind of put him in the tough spot of like. He's the champion, so like in theory, he is the best. But then also, like, this is kind of to set up what the next thing for the champion is. So, right, you put your champion in the spot to like lose. But if you have him like not look good enough, then it's like, okay, well, why is he the champion? You know, it's almost like a he just shouldn't be in it. And you can get him on the cards by like slipping him in the preliminary tag matches, you know. Um, that way, you know, people still get to see him and he's he gets like his reps in and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean it it was fine. I mean, I think they're it it unless he like goes on a little bit of a losing streak here, I think his role is going to be to set up the eventual winner who's gonna come from the B block. Uh I don't know who that is. I think it's it it seems as though they are making a case for Mr. Moxley, but if Okada were said, to win the G1, would he then choose his next opponent or his opponent for whatever? Um, I don't know what the precedent is because I, I know they've had the G1 for however long they've had it. This is the 29th yeah. iteration of it, I believe. Um, I think that number one contender stipulation is somewhat recent. And so with the last uh, champion winner being in like 2001 or whatever, uh, right. I don't I don't know that they've ever done that. But I think that, that would certainly be a logical storyline move. Is he either gets to pick his opponent or they have some other means to get there. I wouldn't mind another uh, Will Ospreay match. Oh, yeah. I gotta no, say. That, was, that was great. Champion versus champion match. Mm-hmm. Although I guess it, it couldn't be for both of them because Okada couldn't be a junior heavyweight champion. That's probably true. <laughs> I mean, Maybe I guess he, he, could. He, he could, but... He, he can do it, whatever he wants to. And as current as we know him, he couldn't. Right. It would be, in fact, illegal. Yeah, it's not relevant. 
I, I I don't know. I I kind of wish Kenta maybe would have won. Yeah, I mean, I I get they probably likely should have, and it looks like they may have chosen, but um, they probably really sh- as cool as it would have been to have a Kenta Mox final. They probably shouldn't have had two former WWE guys come in and beat their entire roster. Right. So I get it. Um, I feel like with Kenta being the guy who's probably going to be there for the long haul, maybe they should have gone with him and like Mox be damned unless Mox is on that Kenny Omega deal and can do new Japan dates except in America. That's what he's on. Is he that does he have that? So, I mean, he might just win the whole dang thing. I wouldn't mind seeing him wrestle Okada. I don't know yeah. how entertaining that match would be necessarily. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that's an interesting like combination of uh, mm-hmm. talents there. Well, we'd likely get it twice. Yeah. Like unless somebody catches either of them in their respective sides, um, we'd probably get it in the final. And then we would get it again at Wrestle Kingdom on the 4th mm-hmm. of January. What? I I, I kind of wish they would have held Okada Kenta off until like closer to the end, too. Mm-hmm. Because now Kenta's been beaten by... Like, there's not a, oh, he got beaten by this other guy. But, mm-hmm. you know... He hasn't lost to the champ. Like, that was just mm-hmm. a thing. Now right. he's, like, lost to the champ. Lost to the champ, and I would say the next loss was even more puzzling. Right. Yeah, I I don't get it. But... but they've got a plan. I mean, I'd, I would be surprised to hear that they're booking this thing as they go. I assume they've had everything laid out from the start. Right. Or at least the like final has been set up from the start, and maybe they're just playing around with how to get there. But I kind of assumed with like each side kind of having this guy jump out to this huge lead, that at least on one of the sides they were going to do this like comeback. But I don't know what it is. I guess we'll go over that when you. Uh, I assume you have updated standings, or I'll work on pulling them up now. I do. And if okay, you know Ibushi's a guy who could be a comeback, and so is unfortunately Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see. Let's. Yeah, I'm not gonna Let's... try to speculate too much. I guess just because right. they've never given me any reason to really like question them. Mm-hmm. Like overall, immediately right. it's kind of like, oh well, why did that happen? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's fine. We'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. So the B block, Sunday, July 28th, at the same place that I'm not going to try to pronounce <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, we opened with Hiroki Goto and Toru Yanu. Indeed. Um, I mean, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh, exactly what you would expect from this match. Uh, Goto beat Yano because Yano isn't a serious wrestler. 
Mm-hmm. And it, I still don't feel like Yano has got it in his like proper comeuppance in this tournament. No, no, he hasn't. And I wonder if it's uh, going to be Moxley. That's kind of what I assumed is that it would be. We'd still kind of get the same like shtick, but uh, then Mox would just proceed to like kill him. I swear to God, if Yanu beats Moxley, I'm canceling my New Japan subscription. <laughs> High spots. Here we come. It'll be the freaking Brock Lesnar winning the briefcase all over again. And you got real quiet, which means that you're not real happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, Brock's not a favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, but at least like you get Brock. You know what I mean? Yano beating Moxley would just be like this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it would be. We it honestly wouldn't be like unprecedented. They do. I mean, Yano's got uh, even outside of this this year's G one. He's got an impressive list of like guys he's beaten uh now a lot of that is because uh you know they kind of go with the people kind of take him lightly and he is actually like despite the hijinks and stuff he is like a capable you know hand or whatever but um i don't know it's it's... they shouldn't do that no they shouldn't no, they shouldn't do that. They should have. And it would kind of be, it would kind of, the part of the problem with, with the Yano stuff is um, in a situation like this where you're going like sometimes every other day, but at least, you know, like at the very least twice a week. Um, and well, I guess not even at the very least twice a week because anytime the other block is going, you have, the tag matches so mm-hmm. you're talking like four times a week you're going and you're so like shtick heavy um like there there needs to be some differentiation you know you can't just go out there and like clown around every match like there should be eventually there should be somebody who just like punches them in the face and i think that should should be mox yeah that can be his like sleeper match mm-hmm. or his rest match yeah you know he's going through a table though. If Mox gets him, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the, uh, the 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 par for the course in this tournament thus far. Somebody's going mm-hmm. through a table or getting hit with a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomohiro Ishii versus Juice Robinson. This was a heck of a match. Yeah, Ishii's a guy I've really come around on in this uh, in this little tournament they got here too. It's kind of funny too because it's like Ishii is a guy who would have like no chance in hell, pun intended, of getting over in the WWE, and yet, like he's he's been like the MVP of this this whole tournament. Yeah, I think uh, Ishii and Goto both really mm-hmm. have been 
lights out, I think. Mm-hmm. And Shingo is another guy who you maybe didn't really... Although Shingo, I guess, had a lot of hype coming in too, didn't he? He did because he had been undefeated and, you know, he went all the way to the, the junior final and had a great match with uh, with Osprey. Not right. that that is a challenging task. <laughs> right. um, but, like, he did have he did have some momentum. And, you know, if it weren't for Osprey being the champion of the division, like, it's, it isn't very rare that the juniors get to participate in the G1. So it's, yeah, he's a little over, overshadowed by Osprey. But, I mean, what he's been doing has been uh semi-historic mm-hmm. yeah i think like those three have really been like and they're not guys that i'm super familiar with like this is the first time that i've consistently watched new japan outside of like the new japan cup and you know this is the first full g1 i've sat through and watched every single match um, mm-hmm. I watch Wrestle Kingdom every year because, you know, I watch yeah. WrestleMania too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are three guys that have really, that I never would have thought to just like go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like Zack Sabre I knew about because I've seen him around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen him, you've heard the name, yeah. I- Ibushi's another one because like his relationship with like Kenny Omega I think really helped mm-hmm. build him up. Yeah, um, Kenny Omega. And you, obviously. you had if you uh, seek out or exposed to some of the like the goofier stuff uh, in wrestling via like Twitter or Squared Circle or what have you, um, Obushi's like DDT stuff is just like just completely nuts, right? <laughs> if you so choose. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've I've seen a thing or two. I'm sure Cornette has too. Um, yeah, it's not wouldn't necessarily be Cornette's cup of tea, to say the least. I've started listening to his show just to hear him blow a gasket because I don't mm-hmm. take anything that that guy says seriously whatsoever right. anymore. Not since he started asking to see tax returns from Joey Ryan. Yeah, geez. And the then Joey feud. Ryan was more than willing and. Then Jim mm-hmm. Cornette got real quiet and just started talking about how penis wrestling wasn't real wrestling. Yep. Oh, well. Um, Jeff Cobb and Tai Chi. I don't like Tai Chi. We don't need to say anything else. I like Jeff Cobb. I don't like Tai Chi. Right, Love Jeff. Yeah. Love <laughs> Jeff Cobb. Don't like Tai Chi. More Jeff Cobb, please. Yeah. Uh, Jay White and Shingo Yakagi, though, that was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Very much enjoyed that. I would say this is probably Jay White's best match of the tournament so far. Yeah, probably. Um, it's kind of funny how uh, when it, it seemed as though they were sort of trying to do something uh, like storyline related with him at the beginning when he like couldn't buy a win uh his matches were seemingly like stalling in second gear and now that they've kind of he's like picked up some wins and they've backed off of that a little bit he's he's starting to find like rhythm uh with his matches with this one kind of being the the peak of his contributions thus far yeah yeah this was 
this this was a good match. Anybody mm-hmm. who needs proof that Jay White can do good things, this is mm-hmm. this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, just go ahead and start talking about what we what we really want to talk about here. Yeah, like the match of the weekend, maybe. Um, so I know we kind of like glazed over it quickly, but it it was even from this, uh, this night. Um, while I don't think there is a wrong answer between the two, um, I think by a hair and what I mean by a hair, a hair from the head of Tomohiro Ishii, I think I liked the juice Ishii match that much more. Um, but this certainly was really good. Uh, easily, because um, mm, Moxley Ishii was really good too. So uh, this is probably, if Mox and Ishii is 1A, this is 1B for Moxley's best match um, post-WWE and probably even within WWE since maybe uh, the early stuff with Seth. Yeah. Um, I think the part that I like about this more is that they kind of like, I wouldn't say that they established a rivalry ahead of time because they all kind of do with the tag matches, mm-hmm. but the tag match that these guys were in was like fantastic. Like they wanted to get their hands on each other. And then yeah. Naito did an interview before this match talking about how he didn't see anything special about Moxley Mm -hmm. and like, he didn't understand why all these people liked him and like all this other stuff. And I think that kind of added to it. I mean, I will say this, what, uh, what Robinson and what juice and Ishii had in, uh, like storyline, albeit sudden storyline that wasn't really the case until they made it the case at the beginning of the match with it being about, Juice wanted to establish himself as like a tough guy, not just the guy who like slaps five uh, to the fans to and from the ring and wears colorful tights and has like punny names and stuff. Um, what uh, the main event had was like this was a like this was a big it had that that big fight feel. You, you hear that term thrown around like this was like a marquee mm-hmm. match. This was kind of while. Moxley's had some, you know, really good matches, uh, you know, ranging from like good to great, uh, in his run here. This was kind of the, this was the one where when you like broke down the, the blocks, um, these were the, your two biggest names. Um, so, uh, this was kind of the taste of like big fight Mox in new Japan because Naito's, easily the biggest name on B block. I mean, he is one of new Japan's like, uh, tent poles right now. So, um, that kind of had that intangible, like this is a match you have to watch quality to it. So I, I know, I don't think you, you caught it the last time he did it, but did you catch it this time when, uh, Mox walked over to Red Shoes, grabbed his hand and bowed to him and apologized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his his interactions with like the crowd and like with mm-hmm. the referees has just been fantastic too. Yeah, it's been great. 
And I don't uh, think that they know what they're seeing even with him like mm-hmm. doing all that stuff. I think it's great. I, it's just right. fantastic. Like this mm-hmm. is Goofy Dean, but like good Goofy mm-hmm. Dean. Well, yeah, there was, I mean, there was like some good Goofy stuff. He's got like really good comedic timing, you know? Uh, so he's like, he knows how to do it. It's not that he's like against comedy or right. anything like that. It's she's got his own brand and he kind of wants to be, um, in control of it. But no, I mean, any, he, he even kind of like, not even kind of, he just outright like, uh, played the respect card afterwards. You know, he put over how good Naito was and, uh, how much he respected him and, uh, uh, this is just a, this is a really solid uh, G one, uh, a really solid match. Now it doesn't even need the qualifiers. It's just a good, like this is. I don't know if it's something that they put out. I guess you'd have to check out uh, Toriyanu's uh, shop or whatever. But if there was a uh, best of 2019 New Japan DVD, um, I would assume this would make the cut. Yeah. It's just a, just a great match. Like this is, this is one that I'd, I'd kind of want to see a like series of. So bonus question from this night: mm-hmm. While in Japan, what do you think John Moxley is eating? <laughs> um, I mean, it's probably his like normal cuisine but it's like slightly off because it's the japanese version of it so it's some sort of like ranch dressing chip (laughs) and mayonnaise sandwich but was it mayonnaise or miracle whip uh it was miracle whip but no it's i mean it's it's something like that i don't know i mean he might just be going to ribero's steakhouse every night or eating out of garbage cans or eating out of garbage cans. Like literally with a four no chopsticks because Japan. Right. But well, to be fair, he, he probably has a show to do dumpster diving for him. <laughs> and by that I mean he of course like probably tosses him into the dumpster. Uh that's something that's something I'm looking forward to uh in my preliminary rewatch is the because other for the G1 stuff, he pretty much just like companies him to the ring with an occasional cameo after the match or in the press conference. But um, they've been doing a bit more with that dynamic and the the preliminary matches, is my understanding. Yeah, he's been his like so. tag team partner for like every day. So it's been great. Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> and like Mox is coming through the audience, like doing all of his stuff, and Shooter's just kind of like walking there with the belt. Yeah. And he's just kind of <laughs> like, okay. Uh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. It reminds me of like the early on um, Ambrose Rollins stuff, like the ALS challenge thing. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was right. just making Seth miserable while he had yeah. the briefcase. Mm-hmm. But not targeting anybody, right? <sighs> All right. A block Tuesday, July thirtieth, Kagawa at the Takamatsu City General Gymnasium. I think you nailed it. That's because this is the most pronounceable 
<laughs> I don't know what perfectual gymnasium is. Or yeah. like Ike. It's mm-hmm. those aren't words. I mean they are words, but they're <laughs> they're not words that should be together right now. Mm-hmm. Um we open with Kota Ibushi and Bad Luck Fale. Yeah. And this match was I mean we I already kind of talked about it, but this is like this is how you have the big guy and little guy match without it just being like horribly overbooked and mm. like complicated. No, I thought this was really good actually. And what a weird thing was wasn't Red Shoes the ref for this one? Yes. So the we uh, I don't I don't think we nearly talked about how bad that Osprey finish was. Um where they had something unprecedented that I had never seen in New Japan. Granted, I haven't seen every single New Japan match in the last five years. I'm pretty, you know, clued in now. And, you know, I've seen, you know, most of the stuff from Dominion cards and Wrestle Kingdom cards going back the last couple of years. But having the a new official come out and overrule, um, not necessarily overrule, but make a definitive ruling on a match that he wasn't involved in i don't think has been done and if it has been done it has not been done very often and uh the point i'm building to is it was red shoes that came out and um retroactively disqualified bad luck folly in that match and then he is the acting official in this match doesn't even take a bump and there's like shenanigans in this one um and it's like, especially when it's like something like a kendo stick shot, which has such a distinctive noise. Right. It's like, if you're going to, I don't know. It's wrestling, so get over it. But, you know, usually New Japan's a little more careful with these things. Well, why do they keep uh, running when they throw them into the ropes? No, I know. That's, <laughs> I think, a little bit different because that's just kind of an accepted rule of physics in this world and not like, you know. Yeah. It's like when you're watching Star Wars and people can like, you know, jump 30 feet in the air and do flips and like push people using the force. It's like we're not questioning that. But when like something illogical happens, like if there's like a a plot hole, it's like that's the difference. It's not like, oh, well, plot holes don't matter because, you know, they're space wizards. It's like, well, no, they established that there are space wizards. So that's fine. The problem is, is, like, this doesn't make sense. Right. So. No, I, 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 I get where you're coming from. I, I push my glasses back up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> how's that uh, How's that neck beard? <laughs> Getting a little itchy. Is it itchy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Still a great match. Doesn't matter. They didn't have any weird outcomes, which I guess is fine for this match. Even if it wasn't fine for two yeah. days before it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. No, I mean, the finish was great. Like It, it really felt like... like I'd, I know he got the points, but I didn't feel like Osprey like, gained much coming out of that match. Whereas with this one, I felt like Obushi looked like a uh, like killer. Right. You know, hitting the the Bomae, then pulling down pulling down his knee pad, 
hitting the Boma AA, pulling down his other knee pad and hitting the, uh, here comes some pronunciation for you, the Komogoye knee um, and putting down the biggest guy and, you know, all of it, all of it by himself with like his own moves, you know, was now Koda looked like a star, uh, which he usually does anyway, but yeah, I don't know. Just, Good, good moment for Ibushi. Yeah. Uh, speaking of good moments, we had the uh, what do we want to call it? The British Open. Yeah, Zach the British Saber Open. Jr. Oh, versus good. Will Ospreay. Uh, I really liked this match. Yep, I did too. This match was was so cool. Uh, and the uh, I mean, so something that's been not necessarily unfair because it's not necessarily something that it. It's kind of like officiating where it's like if you don't notice it, that means they're doing a tremendous job. But uh, Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero, I think, have been really great um, calling this entire thing. Um, And this match, especially, they're putting over that these two are kind of the guys that have led to this like British revolution. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, if it weren't for these guys, you know, uh, WWE might not have taken a look at. Uh, like Pete Dunn or uh, the Mustache Mountain guys or anybody else who may be prominent in UK. Um, and, uh, you know, they kind of, uh, all the pop-up companies over in uh, Great Britain, you know, probably wouldn't be if it weren't for uh, these two guys taking dates all over the world, you know, flying to Japan, uh, doing North America dates, uh, Sabre doing his short run, with the WWE or at least a, a WWE like tertiary thing. Um, so it was kind of cool that they, they spotlighted. It's like, it, it wasn't just that, Oh, these are two British guys wrestling. It's the like significance of these two British guys wrestling. Um, and just the, the contrast of styles. Um, it, it wasn't uh it's not often that you get like a contrast of styles when it's like, two kind of identically sized guys um so the fact that you have like zach saber jr who's so ground based that it's like it's beyond even like being on your feet it's like he wants to get you down to the mat you know and wrestle you there whereas um osprey wants to be like flying all over uh like running off the ropes bouncing off the ropes jumping off the top flipping around in the ring um they're like completely polar opposites, and yet they worked so well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed. I, I think I enjoy everything that like both of these guys do. Though I I don't I there's I wasn't surprised whatsoever, and the fact that like somebody could get a submission win, and mm-hmm. it doesn't make the other guy look weak, you know. As, yeah seems to be the case on other promotions mm-hmm. like that's even better like Zack Sabre Jr. while he's like probably the lankiest like looks the most out of place probably on the entire roster yeah um until he starts wrestling I right think. I, I I got it at first you know yeah, because he was a it was a name that I heard, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. He's, you know, you know, all this stuff. He's like a great wrestler. And then, you know, I 
can still remember the first match I saw. Um, it was from some some promotion in in England. He wrestled Nakamura, and I was like, "This is the guy." Yeah, because like at, I thought he had like a look. He had like a great like smarmy heel look, and it was when he was wearing the like Union Jack stuff. So he had that like gaudy white Union Jack coat or jacket or whatever. And I was like, "Okay, I get it." And then like, <laughs> uh, you know, like he like took it off or whatever and you know he's got the like and this isn't about physiques because i'm a big like zach saber jr fan i think this is just kind of like paint the whole picture uh he's got like the physique of like a a 14 year old boy and it's like wait what how can this guy beat anybody but then the match starts and it's you know he does his his the like thoughts and precision and like whatever else you want to say that goes into every single offensive maneuver. Um, not to mention the like character work of being that like smarmy ass <laughs> horse's ass of a wrestler, um, where he just knows how to get under your skin and poke poke your buttons, regardless of if there's a language barrier or not. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I think it's cool that I, I wish he would win more matches with his like, um, uh, they're not roll-ups. His like pinning maneuvers. Yeah. Because I I think that's a really cool, uh, like incredibly underutilized way out of a match is not like, oh, this guy's got like such this such a devastating um like throw or bomb or slam or whatever, or this guy's got this like knockout strike, or this guy's got this uh like excruciating submission hold. It's like, no, this guy just understands like leverage and uh technique and can like tie you up in a knot to a point where you can be fresh as a daisy in a match but um he can get you in a, a hold you can't kick out of so um i know he won he won a couple in the cruiserweight classic with uh like the european clutch i believe was the one and i was like i remember the first time i saw that i was like oh that's cool because it's like you can see the guy like struggling and writhing but it's like how how do you actually kick out of that it's right. a move where it's like yeah he's like he's like tied up he's got nothing to do he got outsmarted he didn't necessarily get beat up he got outsmarted i like uh, the uh the back bridge with the crossed arms oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah this that like pretentious it's almost worse than just like the single foot on the chest just because he looks so zack saber jr mm-hmm. but yeah, and like the fact that he looks like he weighs 150 pounds, like soaking wet, mm-hmm. and then you like see him actually wrestle, and he's probably one of the most talented like chain wrestle submission wrestlers since like Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's fantastic. I I don't think anybody's like even close as far as like technical wrestling goes right now. Like I said, maybe Brian, but Brian still like he's doing that like WWE. He does a lot of like flips, top rope things. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't mind seeing a match between the two of them. Yeah, and I'd I'd like to think we were probably. I mean, so I I do like that he was ultimately given like you know great uh 
health news and everything and is, you know, being lucratively taken care of monetarily. But I was still hoping that doing those GM appearances uh, on TV were going to chip away at his dates and that uh, Daniel Bryan would go away and Brian Danielson would come back and be able to work with this like fresh crop of guys. Cause all the guys he came up with are like in WWE now in some capacity, you know, right. um, they're either like backstage or like they're Nigel and they're calling stuff or they're on the card, like Joe and Rollins Cesaro. Oh no. So on. Um, but yeah, no, that'd be one where like, and so far the closest, interaction we've had between the two were Brian calling Sabres um, Cruiserweight Classic matches. Yeah. That's that's a dream match. So hopefully Brian I'm hoping that the, him like teasing this announcement means that like he's gone. Hopefully it's not um, the other thing I've been hearing. I, th- it, I think it's somehow it's storyline because it's like they at this point, it's not that they're like running out of time. It's like they're deliberately doing something, um, and so it's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be some sort of angle. Brian does not belong on two hundred five live. Oh, was that the? That's one of the rumors floating around. I mean, no, no. It get me to watch. However, Cedric Alexander on Raw has been fantastic. He's getting a he's getting a little bit of a shrine, a little bit of a shine. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And Buddy Murphy on 205 was fine, but Buddy Murphy wasn't Daniel Bryan, right? So I I I would have a problem with Daniel Bryan being on 205 Live, and I think Daniel Bryan would have a problem with being on 205 Live. Mm-hmm. But unless you're going to bring it and put it on Raw again, which doesn't seem to be the case. Mm-hmm. But it's whatever. I don't make the decisions there. I, mean, I don't watch it anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Um, exactly. Okada versus Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Yeah, this was kind of funny how we we built up archer a little bit and then i mean maybe other than the the folly match this i don't know i'd have to go back and look at this because this might not even be the case at all but uh i found this one a little dull yeah it's also that he hasn't won a match since the folly match so we're not really expecting it to happen that's true. And like even the ending of it wasn't that good. Like really one Rainmaker and he's done. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like a big fan of that. I don't know. It, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel don't... like he, mm-hmm. Lance Archer would have put up more of a fight. But I'm, I don't know. Like maybe one of those like multi like maintains like wrist control like takes hits him with like three of them Mm -hmm. that would have done more for me maybe yeah i don't know 
I agree. Wasn't the best Okada match I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I think we can probably leave that one there. Uh, <laughs> Sonata versus Kenta. Another questionable decision. Questionable decision, for sure. And I think that... Uh, I, I think he could have very easily bounced back from... Um, the Okada loss because pretty much everybody loses to Okada. Even Omega took like two years getting one over on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know that there's anything wrong with Sonata. I mean, I think he's like, he's one of the guys who's like primed to break out. Um, or at least he's one of those guys that feels like is like due to break out <laughs> at some point. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I feel like all the air from the Kenta balloon is like, and what what would have been like a tiny like pinhole uh, from Okada. This was like just a like taking a like katana and like slashing open a switchblade, maybe even. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I don't know to the point now where it's like, uh, looking forward, Kenta's next match is against Fale. And I know like that might not have been a match you were looking forward to anyway, but now it's, it's just like, eh, so we'll see. I mean, and we've kind of, we've now had, uh, you know, three straight Fale versus small guy, Fale versus small a, um, matches that'll be the third one in a row so we'll see um if, i mean if he can have a good showing against Fale, he's got um osprey after yeah, that so that's like true. that's been a ticket for success for a lot of other people yeah but he's probably gonna kick osprey's head off like yeah like I, I don't expect osprey to win like anything ever no which is all the more reason for him to beat Kenta, I guess. Mm-hmm. But no, just weird. I don't don't really get it. This was like the equivalent of um, in like during the course of an NFL season, you'll have a, a team that kind of jumps out to like a lead in the division, and then like week seven, eight, nine, they lose to uh, uh, some random team, and it's just like, oh, that's weird. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Sonata is just kind of, he's just kind of at at the beginning of the tournament. If they wanted to have done something with Sonata, they could have. But in the results that they have decided to put together, they have told us in the 2019 G1, um, Sonata is like a middle of the road block guy. And for Kenta to have gone from uh, like having this kind of like clash of the titans on a Saturday night show at the top of the block for what would have been like, you know, uh, would have been put in the the driver's seat for the rest of the way. Uh, and now, now he's like, it feel, it really just feels like he's falling back to the pack now. Yeah. And he's just like everybody else where he, he was like kind of just starting to feel like something special. Yep. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Evil. 
Speaking of questionable decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I actually really liked this match, but again, it's like... Yeah. Sonata's going over Kenta, but for whatever reason, Evil mm-hmm. can't go over Tanahashi. Right. Like, I almost wonder if they mixed those winners up. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, who knows? I I don't have anything else to even say about it. It's just kind of mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a few like question marks on here, but overall, like we had a pretty good we had yeah. a pretty good run here this weekend. So I'm not gonna I mean, complain too much. It's like the uh, the the bumper sticker you see on like the old guys' cars. Uh, your uh, worst day fishing or golfing or whatever is uh still better than your best day like working or something like that uh and so i would using that uh formula i'd say uh your worst day uh watching the g1 is still better than uh your best day of like modern wwe yeah at least from 2019 calendar year so are you ready for the uh, the point rundown? Yeah, lay it on me. So with the A block, we have Okada way out in front. Well, he's ahead by essentially two mm-hmm. matches mm-hmm. Uh, with 12 points. We have Kenta, Kota Ibushi, and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi all sitting at eight points. Mm-hmm. Um, Evil sitting at six by himself. We have Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, and Sonata sitting at four, and Zack Sabre Jr. And Bad Luck Fale sitting at two by himself at the end. And he has been eliminated. I think they they talked about that in his match. Eliminated mathematically, not that he doesn't have matches anymore. Right. Yeah. He could still ruin somebody else's. Yeah, he can be pretty much just playing spoiler now, which um, is likely what he was doing anyway. For the B block, we have John Moxley leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else with 10 points. Well, I guess it's still only a two-match spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juice Robinson and Ishii are sitting at six points each. Oh. And everybody else, Toru Yanu. Shingo Takagi, Naito, Taichi, Hiroki Goto, Jeff Cobb, and Jay White all sitting at four points. Mm. So, yeah. Guess guess we'll see what happens, huh? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think either one of those sides, looking forward to what the last... Um, so yes, that's exactly what I thought. Um, the last days of each block features an Okada and Ibushi match and a juice and Moxley match. And since those are both, as we stand right now with our current setups, those are each number one versus tied for number two guy matches. And so I would predict at least one of them uh, will find themselves in a position where winning that match would tie them 
and then give them the tiebreaker over the block to win. And I think the the money might be on Ibushi, but I don't know. I also don't know who's going to beat Okada. Right. I mean, anybody can in the sense that like there's matches, so like he can lose, but he's already kind of beaten the the guys. Like right. I, I think his next one is Sonata. Uh, um, he's got Evil. <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of like that. It's that A block middle class. Like his losses probably should have been uh, Kenta, or they even could have given. I know he's at kind of the bottom of the bracket, but like Osprey having that win or Saber having that win. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. He's just got to just has to lose one for uh, it to work for Ibushi because Ibushi could be the second loss. Right. So we'll see. I, I do think that will be the likely outcome for one of the sides. So if we're projecting what's going to happen, I don't think we're going to get uh, Moxley Okada at the final. Uh, um so we'll see so, so i guess oh, oh, yeah. go ahead now I, I i'm like fantasy booking stuff and like that can be kind of lame <laughs> so it looks like we're going to be able to take in one two three four days before our next recording if things go as they have been mm-hmm. and that would uh, August 1st through the 7th which is a Wednesday okay um, I don't know if you have the matches in front of you I do but what are you looking forward to the most coming up uh, well that next day tomorrow if I so how much of that would I get to watch I woke up and started watching it live. I don't know. Um, <laughs> not necessarily because of match quality, but because of just like what is going to happen when those guys get together. Uh, we've got Yano and Moxley tomorrow. So it's your... I mean, it's probably still the two best comedy guys, but so we'll see if it will just be an outright comedy match, which I, I kind of think within a vacuum, like isolated from everything would be a heck of a match. Um, but I still am kind of hoping for just the, a no nonsense Moxley just come in and, uh, you know, take care of business. He's either going to uh, go serious or he's going to go too heavy on the comedy. Yeah. Um, and contributing to bolstering that card is what I think is going to be a sleeper, but like really good match, uh, Ishii and Goto. Yeah, I was about uh, to say. And then Juice and Naito. I think there's those those two matches are uh, intriguing because of what I expect the quality to be, and then the Yano Moxley is intriguing for for you know other reasons, not because I think it's gonna be a great match, but although it would be kind of a fun little surprise for them to like. Because Yano can wrestle, so it's like, what if Yano and Moxley had like a, a classic? Uh, I wouldn't bet on it, but yeah, those are the the 
the three matches I have my eye on and really the two that I have like an expectation for. I think Cobb and uh, Takagi is going to be really good too. Yeah. That's just going to be a good day. And then it's, you have Taichi and Jay White. It's, it's almost kind of a, a perfect setup. Except for the main like, event. <laughs> well, I mean, perfect in that, like, so the guys I kind of care about the least are in the same match together. Right. That's lucky. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess Jay White's starting to heat up a little bit. And it's not to say I don't like Jay White or don't think it's a good performance. Just he's a little cold for me right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a tough time, like, caring yeah this a block doesn't look all that exciting to me um no i think this is just kind of the this is just the day where uh, it's gonna be fine it's like zach saber jr and mm -hmm. lance archer might be good this is what happens when you have everybody beat everybody except for okada who just beats everybody right um it's you don't you now don't have like like the b block has like it feels like the b block has like top of the block guys and it's really not all that different you know with moxley being undefeated and okada being undefeated but it just feels like there's more just feels like there's more guys i mean i guess looking at the standings that tanahashi match tanahashi and abushi match is really big yeah but given you know Tanahashi is at where he is currently, I I don't know what to expect of that one. Yeah, I, I, on paper it's great, but I mean it's just kind of it would have been great ten mm-hmm. years ago if yeah. Ibushi was old enough to do it ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday we've got Goto and Jeff Cobb's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Ishii and Toru Yanu is going to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> tough. It's going to be a tough weekend for Yano. Yeah. My, my prediction. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cobb and Cobb and Goto. Uh, yeah. Cobb and Goto is going to be good. And uh, Naito and Takagi is going to be good too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, and Moxley and Jay White. That's this B block. I'm, it's been. <sighs> when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. And then what's That's Tai Chi doing? Oh, too. Tai Chi and Juice. It's weird. Every single match with Tai Chi, I don't actually, because I feel kind of bad about saying, oh, Jay White, I don't care about him. I think it's just Tai Chi. I just see his name next to somebody because I almost just did it with Juice just now, <laughs> and I love Juice Robinson. But nobody wants to watch Tai Chi. I saw Juice and Tai Chi. I was like, oh, perfect, a skippable match. And it's like he's just got this, like, quality about him that just you can put his name up against anybody and suddenly it's like a must skip match right uh oh but the a block on wednesday that has two really really good looking matches mm -hmm. it has kota ibushi versus zack saber jr Mm -hmm. and will osprey versus kenta back to back Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah those, and Lance Archer Lance Archer and Sonata is not going to be bad Tanahashi mm-hmm. and Fale is going to be well probably terrible um, <laughs> Okada yeah. versus Evil probably won't be bad though yeah I don't think that'll be bad and I, I, I kind of think 
that Okada's going to drop one of these two. Well, why not? I mean, everybody can I, just lose to anybody, so. I think it's more likely to be uh, uh, Sonata, but we'll see. I mean, Evil, they've, whenever they want to, uh, they can do an Evil and Naito, like, power struggle for lij um that's just it's just hanging right there you know um not that they should or you know any of that but just just it it is an option you know they're kind of it's naito stable but like if there is a number two it's evil i like evil better personally his facial hair doesn't make me paranoid (laughs) Oh, Sonata's, yeah. I mean, I guess Sonata, you could argue he's the number two. He has had championship matches. I don't know. I've always matter. kind of felt like the, the company is, is higher on Evil. No, it's... it's yeah, it should be. It's, he's better. Mm-hmm. He just is. <laughs> I don't have any reason for saying that. I just think he's better. It's because you're an Undertaker, Mark, and he's the uh, like Japanese Undertaker. <laughs> That's not true. Juice Robinson is. <laughs> he's like the Undertaker if he like got run through the Crayola Crayon factory. I heard that said uh, about Juice Robinson, and now I can't unsee it. Yeah, it was. I had heard it said too, or read it, or wherever, and then I was I was having a tough time picturing it. Because I guess I haven't really been paying attention to the entrances. So the Juice entrance getup, I remember, was like the top hat and like a fur coat and maybe even a cane. And I'm like, when did the Undertaker have any of those accessories? So then I like finally caught it. And I'm like, oh, no, he's got the like, he's got the like, the it's not a cowboy hat. It's like whatever that hat is. It still has like the brim and everything on it. But and then he's got like the duster and. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the uh, wish there was a good pun. There's not, but the under the under juicer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I have been looking at pro wrestling tees again. Mm-hmm. And there is a fantastic one with. Um, Tamatanga on it, which I am going to share with you. Yeah. And you just tell me what you think about it. If I can figure out how to do this thing. There it is. Got it. So go ahead and take a look at that guy right there. Ah, Skype's interface is dumb. Duh. (laughs) Ah, that's uh... (laughs) uh. What's the term? Sacrilegious, I guess. (laughs) Blasphemy, heresy. uh... Ah, that's good. I mean, I like I like Tamatanga, and he's he's a guy that like. Uh, takes a lot of flack for 
probably not being as proficient in the ring as he could or should be, but I've always thought he was kind of cool and I don't know. I'm going to send you this as well. You can look at it, pick any shirt, and I pretty much want every single one of them. Gotcha. These Zack Sabre Jr. shirts are all fantastic. Have you seen the new oh, one? I, uh, does he have one that's newer than the... Um, after he made those comments of... It was after the Dallas show. Reading Shakespeare to of, a dog? Yeah, technical wrestling in front of a U.S. crowd is like reading Shakespeare to a dog. And yeah. Then, yeah, he put out the shirt. Yeah, I like it. I like everything that he does. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. They got yeah, s- I did. I like the uh, the suplex line that he has too. Yeah, I like his um, like the hurrah. I want that one mm-hmm. really bad. I kind of want this stunning Steve Austin shirt too that's on here, but that's not. We don't have to talk about that. Better than you. I wish MJF had like good shirts and not just like bad shirts. But yeah, that's about it as far as merchandise goes that I see. Mm-hmm. I might be some Zack Saber purchases in my future, but yeah. Um, on the uh, the recent uh, uh, we watch wrestling podcast, Vince mentioned um, the the day that they put out a uh, a decent uh, Ishi t-shirt uh he'll have one so (laughs) that's kind of how i feel about his merch too is i would like the the run that he's having now is like oh man like i I would like get a shirt and i want to support this guy but they're all like like i mean he's there's living the gimmick and then there's like like what even is a stone pit bull like you don't cut promos or anything so like why do you have like I don't know. Your stuff is like overly branded. Like. Right. <laughs> so anything else before we we close out today? I don't think so. I know it's going to be a hard pick, but who's your favorite wrestler this week? Ah, I mean, there's, there's some options. Um, I am actually going to go somewhat off the wall but not really considering he's coming off a week where he had uh the match of the week one could argue um he's one of the flagship guys of the entire company um and i don't think he's ever been my wrestler of the week um tetsuya naito interesting uh, yeah i mean i just i really liked that match um and yeah i don't know uh he's got we just talked about it 10 minutes ago but i don't remember there's a match he has coming up that i was super jazzed about um but yeah i don't know uh naito i'm gonna go with naito (laughs) i'm gonna go with a guy who has been my wrestler of the week probably at least one time before and that's gonna be zach saber jr yeah, because I think I got the most joy out of that uh, Osprey match. I know it wasn't the best match of the weekend, but it was my favorite. Mm-hmm. So yes, Zack Saber Jr. The uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I'll be buying it. I'm probably buying a shirt this week. Let's just uh, probably the uh, hurrah shirt. Just because yeah. that's my favorite finisher that he has. Mm-hmm. Because it's too long. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, I think that about wraps it up, unless you can think of anything else important to say. Uh, did we talk about um, Road to All Out off the air? <laughs> we did. So, um, in these like trying times, where um, you know AEW is not on TV, and they've also elected not to be running uh, pay-per-view level events every other week um, for whatever reason, that's kind of been the uh, the only access to AEW content. But they they've been about seven minutes long. They're on their YouTube channel. Um, I've found them because whatever day they're posted, they find their way onto the the front page of squared circle. Um, I mentioned the last one was really good. It had the, the Tully sit down and then a really great, like five minute Moxley, um, promo. This one started with, uh, an MJF one that, um, he talks about his friendship with Cody and, uh, people say he's just uh, a brown noser and he sucks up to him. And he said, if I was a, a, a brown noser, um, would I go over there and, and, and eat, eat dinner with Cody and his lovely wife, Brandy, and their, their beautiful dog, Pharaoh. And he says, excuse me, it's a little hot. I got to unbutton my jacket. And he like loosens the buttons on his jacket to reveal that he has a Pharaoh the dog tie <laughs> on. <laughs> Um, so if you, if you need more reasons to like MJF, he had a, a, a shining moment. And then the rest of the episode was, um, kind of following Sean Spears and Cody as they're building to their, their match. It culminates in a contract signing of sorts where, uh, Spears and Tully are, uh, at, um, AEW headquarters. They're in the, like the conference room with, the some front office person and the the lawyer the attention to detail is pretty good because they had uh an actual lawyer in there so it's like anything that deal with like contracts and litigation and all that stuff they had an actual like lawyer in there moderating it um uh but they get there cody's late so they're just kind of like looking over it they have little bits where tully is looking at the contracts like i thought we ironed this out we're not going to sign anything until this is changed and you know kind of really playing up the advocate role uh and then cody just shows up and uh never makes eye contact with the opponents just kind of like says hi to the, the front office people picks up the contract signs it and leaves and they're like oh well they just proposed a bunch of changes you know like no it's fine whatever um signs it and leaves like he couldn't even bring himself to look at sean or tully and yeah i don't know it's good, and and all of that was packed into like a seven minute video, so these have been been really good. It, it's one of those like, uh, it's like digestible, short and digestible, but then also like, you'll find yourself at the end being like, oh man, that's it. <laughs> um, you might have to look so, into some of those then. Yeah. All right. Nah, they're 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 building to the card pretty good. It's good. 
They well, they need to do something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think short of throwing together some like short match, I kind of think they need to uh, between now and maybe two weeks out from from all out. They need to look at whatever the biggest indie shows that are happening in the country are and see if they can't get a like AEW branded match on them just to, you know, keep their name out there. Yeah. I'm sure they're friendly with a few promotions. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, wasn't who like Dragon Gate or something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I guess they have a pretty open relationship with a triple a. Yeah down in Mexico and I'm pretty sure they have triple mania coming up uh, sometime soon. Maybe it already happened. Um, and that's, that's kind of their big event. And I mean, their relationship might just be uh, through the Lucha brothers, but I don't know. So I guess maybe there's a chance that the bucks are even on that card. I'm not really sure. Something to look into. Yeah, we'll see. Not, na- not now, of course. <laughs> well, I know Moxley's got some matches coming up. I don't know if it's before or after, but mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what the big one he had coming up was. He is participating in whatever Josh Barnett's that's promotion it. He's is. wrestling Josh Barnett, isn't he? Oh, yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Barnett wrestle. I've seen him fight. Yeah, I haven't either. (laughs) We'll see. It's probably fine. Probably fine. He used to call. He used to call the English commentary for New Japan matches. That's right. With Jr. and Morrow. Mm -hmm. At different times, it wasn't the three of them. All right. Anything else before we close out? No, I think that is officially it. Well, a good thing this was such a short show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you edit it down, it might be somewhat short. I don't no, know. it's not. We're sitting at like no. an hour and 30. Okay, then. Yep, we're, we're, we're good. We are good. Yeah. So, that turnbuckle's like a wake-up call. You abide by the rules, but you know how I roll. You know I want it all, and I don't care if I gotta bring you through the wall. You run, but just to see you fall. This might be standing to you, but this is where the dream is, cause I want it more. You went and pulled the steel ladder, wrapped the climb into the top, and then you hesitated. If you ain't reaching for the belt, the hell you want it for? I got more attitude than rock back in 97. Saying prayers, leave you buried like I've been the reverend. We've been convinced seconds, the final call is in. I give it all the way, no matter who's been following. Where the cost is saying you've been the great That three count is the passing Now you sealed your fate A lot of people claim they want it Most will come and go But I'm committed for forever Welcome to the show